0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 157 and it's a rare second straight Patreon poll winning episode. Last week, we talked about May's Patreon poll winner, Zelda 2, The Adventure Link. And this week, we're talking June's Patreon poll winner, The Stupendously Superb. But sadly, apparently forgotten, Jet Set Radio for the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, for the record, July's Patreon poll winner was God of War, the original God of War. And I do want to get it out soon. I am playing it now, but it's not going to be coming out next week. So we're not going to be doing a hat trick of Patreon poll winners. I am just trying to keep up because I sometimes get a little behind on the Patreon poll winners because I, I need time to play the game and uh, I'm trying to catch up. So anyway, they, we're caught up. Uh, this is only the second... Sega Dreamcast centric game to be reviewed on the podcast after Sonic Adventure a little while back it won't be the last Uh, I'm not gonna lie I didn't own a Sega Dreamcast in its heyday I did have one later in life when I got into collecting video games um I have a very soft spot in my heart for that console I think it kind of got fucked over I think it deserved a better a better shake and it deserved a better outcome than it had and I will be goddamned if the Sega Dreamcast is not going to get some more love here at Remember the Game Industries. Uh, my guest this week is my good buddy Chris, who you may remember from such episodes as episode number one, Super Mario World, and episode number 47, The Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Shout out to anyone that gets that reference. Chris is a born and bred Sega kid, a huge Jet Set Radio fan, and, uh, and we show this game a lot of love. Because I'll tell you, it's not perfect, but who among us is, aside from Super Mario World, of course. And we'll get to Jet Set Radio in just a minute because, speaking of not quite being perfect, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous intro. <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard and consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten fairly long. They're about 35 minutes or so, but listen, there's lots of video game talk and fun stuff in here. It's not garbage. Well, I mean, it's a little garbage, but it's not completely garbage. Just pretend our intro is like the subpar Sega Saturn. Before the main game chat portion of the podcast being the superior Sega Dreamcast. That's what it This is the Saturn of the show. All right. There. That's That explains it well. Uh, we have merch. We have new merch. I got to plug this. We have hoodies, t shirts, all coffee mugs, stuff like that. Rock and art drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. And if you're interested, it's a great way to support the show. We have these new video game mashups that we launched this week. They're getting awesome feedback from people. We have mashups of classic. Uh, I don't actually name the characters because I don't know if we're allowed to legally do that. But let's just say some iconic characters from your childhood including giant apes, fire-breathing lizards, plumbers, um, elves with swords, robots with guns on their arms. And they're mashed up into like combined characters. And I think they look fucking awesome. So if you're interested, you want to have a peek at them, you can find them and support me and Joe over at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. And of course, if you don't like clothes... Uh, you can always just support us on Patreon. Over 325 hot dogs do that now. It helps keeps the light on, keep the lights on around here. And you get a fucking ton of value for the change in your couch. It costs you two bucks a month. And in exchange for $2 a month, you get two extra podcasts a week. So in a four week month, you get eight additional podcasts for $2 plus instant access to about a hundred previous bonus episodes that are sitting there. You'll get exclusive access to both my gaming news show game patch every Friday and my gaming discussion show expansion pass every Sunday. And then again, instant access to the back catalog as well. Uh, This past Sunday on Expansion Pass, we looked at all the games that are coming out over the next six months. We got into some of the games that we're most excited about. There are a lot of games coming out between now and New Year's Eve. I can't fucking wait. Uh, And as is becoming tradition, here's a quick sneak peek of last Sunday's Expansion Pass, our second half of 2021 game preview. there are three games coming in the days after this that are all among my most anticipated beginning with far cry 6 which is hitting both playstations both xboxes stadia pc and mac on october 7th uh if you've played one far cry you've kind of played them all but they're fucking awesome open world island kind of in the forest games They're first person you like kill animals and then use their like remains to craft better gear because their animals are also attacking you and you're fighting like the villains are always awesome and the villain in far cry 6 is this crazy dictator played by gus fring from breaking bad it looks just like him it's fucking <sighs> the only reason i wouldn't pick up far cry 6 on october 7th is because on october 8th and october 12th there's two games that i want to play even more and also because it's a ubisoft game if it releases on october 7th it'll be half priced by october 17th So that was last Sunday's episode, and now for, for this weekend show, uh, w- there was a topic we were kicking around a while back that we didn't do. I thought it would be fun to talk about games that would benefit from the 99 treatment. This almost won our, our Patreon poll a couple of months ago. Like, Tetris 99 is a, is a Battle Royale Tetris game, Pac-Man 99 is the same with Pac-Man, Super Mario 35 was the same with Mario until... Nintendo took it away for some fucking reason, so what other games would do well with that 99 Battle Royale treatment, Uh, that's what we're gonna talk about this Sunday, so again, two bucks gets you instant access to all those, plus new ones, plus access to our Discord, the chance to vote in our polls, the ability to submit comments for all of our shows, you can DM with me as much as you want and argue with me and all that good stuff, and... You get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name on the show, just like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Adam's Stank. I love that. Generic Shilling, No PQ, Nope, Nope, G Virus88, Bethany Pope, Joey Andrews, and Rob Kingsley. Thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, Patreon.com slash remember the game. I have a P.O. box. You can find the full address over at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Just shoot me a postcard or a letter, something little. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you Remember the Game postcard back. We'll be friends. I actually got a couple of awesome gifts from listeners this week. Far too generous, but insanely appreciated. Just nobody feel the need to send me, like, I didn't set it up to get free swag. I really just set it up to commu- to connect with the listeners, but I, I'm incredibly grateful For the swag and for the nice gifts. Uh, My buddy Joel LeBlanc sent me a complete inbox copy of GoldenEye007. Which is fucking sick. It's so cool. And uh, Dave McGee. Sent me actually a copy of Mario 64 and some comic books, including Venom and the first three issues of The Last Ronin for TMNT, because I was reading them digitally. And these look fucking. Now I'm gonna have to buy the fourth and fifth issue physically to complete this set, because they look awesome. Um, and the 64 games are because I've been kicking around the idea of picking up a 64. So, really nice gifts. So, thank you both very, very much. And then finally, before we move on, you can find me over on Twitch. If you're interested, just look for Member the Game over there, not Remember. Member the Game over on twitch and if you follow me it's free it'll tell you when i'm online i go mostly random i usually get on tuesday night to play tetris 99 and other than that it's kind of random but i just pop in sometimes and argue with the hot dogs and it's lots of fun so you can find me over there if you're interested and that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge it is our opening segment for the show i read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related but not always and we do in fact call this segment blowing in the cartridge
1: He blows, all
0: right. He blows big time. That's it, honey! Get into the spirit! So let's blow, and our our first blower this week is Bones02. And Bones wrote in and said, Hey Adam, I figured I'd throw this over here. I know you and I talked about it on Messenger, but I wanted to remind you about the Mario level reset after game over, and I was wondering if you tried it yet. So I did. Bones, this is fucking... If you guys haven't seen this, look it up. There's this crazy story floating around right now about... Being able to continue in the original Super Mario Bros from the NES from like 1985, that like, I know I didn't know about it. A lot of people didn't know about it. And what happens, as long as you get out of world one, you have to be in world two or further. When you die, uh, instead of just, you know, it says game over and then it goes back to the title screen and you hit start. Instead of just hitting start, you hold A and push start. And then you'll start out with three lives at the beginning of whatever world you were in. So if you die in like stage five, three, then you'll continue at stage five, one. If you die in 8.4, you'll continue at one. It's fucking... And like I had no idea this existed, and I can't believe it. And I tried it last night. I, I loaded up. I played it on my Switch on the NES Online, and I had, like, an old save-stated game on there, so it was, like, in World 8. And so I just fired it up and died a few times to get the game over. And then I held A and, and hit the plus button, which is a start on the Switch, and sure as fuck, it dropped me into World one. I could not fucking believe it. It was the craziest thing. I... I have no idea where the and, and some people have said it was in the original manual. And I just... I mean, maybe it was. But I remember being a kid. I read that manual over and over. And I don't remember reading that. But I was... I couldn't read. I just looked at the pictures. But that's not the point. It's I blew me away. So yes, Bones. I did try it. And yep, it does fucking work. And it's crazy. So for all of you listening, if you own... And I'm positive you all own something with fucking Super Mario Brothers on it. Give it a chance. Die outside of World 1. And then hold A while you press Start to start a new game, and you'll continue at the beginning of the world you're in. Fucking Unreal. Uh, G Virus eighty eight wrote into us on Patreon and said, "Hello Adam, I hope all is well. It's pretty good." G uh, G said, "I wanted to ask if you ever played RoboCop versus Terminator on the SNES, and if you have, what are your thoughts? As I feel it's a very underappreciated game." You know what, G? I did not. I haven't played RoboCop versus Terminator, but we did own a Terminator game for the super nintendo is the terminator 2 listen for those of you that are newer to the show don't fucking yell at me i haven't seen any of the terminator movies or robocop i don't watch a lot of movies like i haven't seen anything uh so i can't i want to say we own terminator 2 on the super nintendo and i didn't like that one very much but i also didn't know the source material and i sucked at it robocop versus terminator like my first thought is that that game sucks and i'm not saying that it does gee i'm just saying that like my first thought is that's one of those fucking games where they just took a popular license squished into a video game and we're like it doesn't even matter if the game is good get those two characters on the cover and we'll make a ton of money but robocop versus terminator maybe we'll throw that into a future patreon poll and see if it comes out that's robocop Hmm. who wins my money is on Terminator because he just seems a lot more badass than fucking Robocop. I think Robocop sucks. I've never seen Robocop. I don't... I, he sucks. Anyway. uh, Thanks, G. I have not played it, but I will add it to the ever-growing list of games that I may or may not ever get to, but maybe. I would like to. Uh, Slick Rick wrote in and said, Adam, the new art on your merchandise looks fucking sweet, man. You guys are killing it. Thank you very much, Rick. I, uh, oh, yeah. A, a few of you wrote in commenting on the new merchandise and just how nice you thought it was. Thank you. And... Send you thanks to Joe over if ow. Fuck, I just punched my desk. uh, Send your thanks over to Joe, 4545Creative. He's the fucking man that drew all that stuff. Uh, Slick Rick continues, I wanted your input on something. With all the remakes that are taking place nowadays, we talk a lot about games that need a remake, especially with play one, remake one, erase one. My question for you is that, is there a game or franchise that comes to mind that you don't want to see remakes for and would either like to see a sequel made or just leave them alone entirely? For me, KOTOR comes to mind. Rumors are running rampant that it is getting a remake that game is awesome and i loved it but i feel like a lot of the game had to do with the story and i'd rather than leave well enough alone and make kotor 3 to enhance the game and bring new mechanics or updated graphics with a new story i don't want to see a remake of the first game and if a new game isn't of the work i'd rather just stay the great game that it was just wondering what your thoughts were you know what it's i only played kotor for the first time um i don't know sometime in the last year when it won one of our patreon polls and i fucking love i love that game so I, I will agree with you on that, Rick. I'm more excited about the idea of a KOTOR 3 than I am about a remake of the original KOTOR. That said, like I would probably play a remake of the original one as well. But I would rather have a KOTOR 3. So is there a game or franchise where I would rather they never remake it just to make a sequel or leave it alone? Uh, Super Mario RPG is the first one that comes into my mind. Never, ever touch that game. Unless you want to make another one, which you fucking should have done a long goddamn time ago. Never, ever 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 touch that game because i think it's fucking perfect uh i'm trying to think if there's another game that i would rather just see left alone over remade because it feels like and we've talked about this especially from the ps1 it feels like the crash bandicoot games have all been remastered Spyros have all been remastered tony hawk has been remastered i think metal gear solid is getting a remaster although i don't think that's a bad thing i think all the resident evils have fucking been remastered i think a remaster of of metal gear solid actually be a good thing hmm trying to think Nah, super mario rpg is probably the one like honestly there's few games that i would complain about a remaster because i'm like even if it sucks i'll just play the original one you know but Super Mario RPG, uh, make a sequel or just never fucking touch it. I would say that. And you know what? As much as I'm not the world's biggest fan of it, I'll say Chrono Trigger as well. Either fucking make another, and I don't, don't come at me with Chrono Cross, either make another Chrono Trigger or just never, t- I mean, <laughs> or just never touch it. But Square Enix has already proved that they will never touch that game because they pretend it doesn't fucking exist. But primarily Super Mario RPG, I think would be my answer for that. Uh, Mercury869 wrote in and said, Hey, bud, I'm writing this on a Sunday with the hopes that by Wednesday there will be good news. Today is the day Italy goes for the Euro Championship, so here's hoping that it comes uh to its true home in rome it sucks that canada didn't qualify for it maybe in 2023 they're fucking scared of us i'm telling you mercury uh he said i bring this up because i'm probably about as nervous as you were last week when the habs were trying to get it done against the lightning so i just this will be the bow on the fucking euro talk that has happened on this show because i've gotten shit for saying canada should be there for cheering for finland for calling it the euro and the euros and i still to this moment don't know which one is the right fucking name it's over if i'm not mistaken italy won and i'm sorry to those of you that didn't want italy to win and i'm happy for those of you that did and that's until we get another mario strikers i'm done with fucking soccer on this goddamn show and then uh mercury said On to video game stuff, I was pretty disappointed with Nintendo releasing an OLED version of the Switch. I know they never announced that a Switch 2.0 was coming, but I really hope that that rumor was going to be true. And I read that because that leads into Captain N's Mega Man comment, who said, "Uh, with the OLED Switch announced, I think it's time to stop comparing Nintendo to Sony or Microsoft. They are not a competitor to those two anymore, and that's a good thing. Most people I know have a PS4 or 5 or an Xbox One or Series Everything and a Nintendo Switch. I got something in my eye. I can't read my comments. There we go. After GameCube, I think Nintendo saw the writing on the wall that if they try to keep up with the tech giants, that those two, they're going to end up like Sega and they're not going to make consoles anymore. Smartly, they went off in their own direction and knocked it out of the park with the Wii, a family-friendly accessible system that was just plain fun. They have kept this momentum up to be the fun choice that doesn't need AK capabilities to put out a solid product. What do you think? Should Nintendo up their game or just stay the course and focus on fun games? So... I, it, and I thought Mercury's comment kind of tied into that because Mercury obviously is reflecting the sentiment of a lot of people that were disappointed in the Nintendo Switch OLED announcement instead of like a full-blown Switch Pro with 4K and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, and then I'll get to your comment in a second, Captain N. I would have loved a Switch Pro as well. I still have a launch Nintendo Switch that I like. My Joy-Cons are pretty banged up and them. The screen, actually, the screen's still in pretty good shape. My screen protector is pretty beat up, but it still works fine. I still really like it. I play it all the time. Had they released like a real Switch Pro with real upgrades, not just an OLED screen, I probably would have plunked down the cash to upgrade. So I get why some people are disappointed by that. But having said that, I'm of the minds, I'm looking at this as glass half full and I'm like, well, I don't have to spend, you know, $300, $400 on another Switch when I could spend that money on some of the games coming up this fall that I'm excited because my Switch still plays fine. So I'm not, you know, I'm like, it's, I'm a little shocked, but at the same time, and we've talked about this, it's not Nintendo's fault. Nintendo never said that this Switch Pro is coming. Everybody else fucking said it. And Nintendo actually denied it, was like, no, it's not. And to their credit, it isn't. Now to get to Captain N's comment, you're right. And I, and I agree with you. And I felt this way since the, I felt this way even during the GameCube era, but particularly once they hit the Wii era, that Nintendo has become the, the sidekick console and i think that's a great niche like listen if you guys remember back in like the early 2000s we had we had the dreamcast the ps2 the xbox and the gamecube and four consoles all kind of trying to do the same thing isn't gonna work it's just there's too many there's too many and one had to die and we all know unfortunately uh sega this was the the, the victim there and they they went away but you're right like nintendo has From the 64 versus the PlayStation, the GameCube versus the PS2 and Xbox, the Wii was weird. Nintendo has decided to be the freaks, the freak system. And they've done that for quite some time. And I I agree with you, Captain. And I, listen, I would love to see a fucking, I would love to see what Nintendo could do with a console as powerful as an Xbox Series X or PS5. Like imagine what the Mario games would look like on there. You'd have real online and Zelda games and Metroid and it would be neat. But we don't need that. We don't we don't need three of those. Like the Switch is awesome. I've never hidden the fact I don't care for the Wii at all. I liked the Wii U, but the Wii U was a bad idea and it didn't work. The Switch is awesome. And to get that kind of power in a handheld system, God only knows what that would cost and like what they'd have to put into like what they have to. I'm not paying fifteen hundred dollars for a fucking portable console that's you know almost as powerful as this the series Everything's a PS5. So no, I agree with you. I would rather Nintendo do their thing, make the games that we all want, and be the sidekick system. I've I've said it a million times, and I'll stand by it. People don't buy Nintendo consoles for third-party games like your Call of Duties and your GTAs and stuff like that people buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games so I agree with you try to keep your cost down try to keep your system a little bit cheaper be the sidekick system and I'm yeah that's what I would like to see them continue to do as well having said that I've I'm not a graphics whore in the least I don't care how good my games look I care about how well they play are they fun that's that's why I still like retro games this is a retro gaming podcast. I still like, give me fucking Super Mario World over three quarters of the games that are coming out today because I still think it's more fun. I like that. Uh, Having said all that, I've spent, you know, a good six, seven months now with my Series X and my PS5 and I, the Switch is showing its age. I think you can get away with being a less powerful version of the other two when you're the kind of sidekick system and the complementary piece of hardware. I agree with that. But, like the the switch was a step behind the PS4 and the Xbox 1. The Switch is a mile behind the PS5 and the Series X. It it really is. So uh I do hope that in the next I would say 3 years Nintendo drops their next console and it doesn't need to be as powerful as the Series X or the PS5, but you need to get back to that being a half step behind. You can't if you fall too far behind like there are you're going to lose some customers you just are unless it's like dirt like dude if they release if they're let's just for argument's sake let's say the next switch whatever the next because i don't think they're ever getting away from having a portable console again it'll be they'll be portable forever let's just say their next system is like 200 bucks it's not much more powerful than the switch it just maybe has like a you know it's better it's better but it's not not nearly as big like if you're if you're going to be substantially less powerful then you better be substantially less expensive so if they do that, then fine, because I'll play my Mario games in fucking 1080p. I don't give a shit about 4K and all that stuff. I just want Mario. But I, I do think that yeah, they can get away with being less because of the games they have and the novelties like the portability. But that only goes so far. They can't they can't get lapped fucking tech wise here. So but I but yeah, like as cool as it would be to see like I won't lie to you, man. Before the Switch. I kind of wanted Nintendo to just get out of hardware and just put their games on PlayStation and Xbox, so that I could just buy those consoles and still have all my Nintendo games and not have to buy a third console. I, I want and part of part of me still wants that, but the Switch has kind of changed my mind because having those games on the go, I don't ever want to get away from that. And maybe the Xbox with Game Pass and XCloud and stuff. Maybe at some point it happens. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't want Nintendo to just release the Nintendo fucking beast and it's just a, a desktop or a fucking under your TV clone of the PS5 and Series X. I don't know I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Stay with the Switch, stay hybrid. But you're gonna they are gonna have to power up a little bit because they are just slowly falling further and further behind. And this is the problem. Sorry, and we're gonna move on because there's still a letter time letter to get to in a second here. But this is one of the issues that they have faced since the game, well, the GameCube wasn't too bad, but certainly with the Wii and the Wii U, and now with the Switch, there are games, big games, where developers are not going to port it to the Switch because they have it's too, it's there's too much work. Like the Wii U died on the vine because no third party developers wanted to fucking touch it. And Nintendo just couldn't keep up on like Nintendo alone can't release enough games to sustain a console. They need third party help. They need other developers. So if you fall too far behind what the other guys can do with their boxes, those third party developers are going to be like, well, we can either develop this game for the PS5, the series X for fucking stadia or whatever for PC and sell it on all those places. But then how much more money are we going to have to sink into this fucking thing to dumb it down to make it run on the Nintendo Switch? Like there's only... Do you know what... Like they... So that's a risk that Nintendo looks at when they stay underpowered is risking the the third-party support. I don't think it's as big of an issue with the Switch because like the Wii U sold 25 consoles. The Switches sold almost 90 million. So like money talks. If you're a game developer and I'm Nintendo and I come to you and I'm like, hey, we have 90 million consumers out there that might buy your game. Do you want to put your game on our system you're like yeah 90 million people fucking right i do but th- they got to be careful because they are going to risk ostracizing themselves if they if they get too underpowered in my opinion so there you go good stuff all right and finally before we move on from letter or from blowing in the cartridge it's letter time it's letter time and kelly wrote into us on patreon this week and said all right i got a weird one I don't think this is that weird Kelly Kelly said I've been hearing so much about Game Pass lately only good things but as a collector it kind of scares me being provided that all these or being provided all these games to me feels like it'll distract me personally from a hobby that I love. What do you think of this? So the way I interpret your question, Kelly, is you're saying like, what effect is Game Pass, PlayStation Now, EA Play, Ubisoft Plus, all these game subscription services, what effect are they going to have on the concept of game collecting, like physical game collecting? And I'll be honest with you, this is something I've thought about as well. Because in the last couple of months, I've gotten, I mean, I have a GameCube, uh, which, you know, that's not going to be affected by these at all because Nintendo has decided the GameCube doesn't exist. So the only way to get your hands on GameCube games is to fucking buy them. Uh, but I have a PS3 as well and like there's so many games that I look at that I'm like okay cuz I okay so like with my PS3 I don't want to get back into full-time game collecting I did that years ago I don't have the room or the money for that now but I look at my PlayStation 3 and my first thought was like, okay, well, like what games am I interested in getting my hands on with this thing? And I, I don't mind downloading my games at all. I prefer to download my games. But I'm going to buy up some physical games if I can get them cheap, right? Like a- Adam Anderson sent me a copy. I'm actually holding it in my hand right now because I'm playing it. Of God of War Collection, which is God of War 1 and 2 on the PS3. And I was planning to buy that game because I'm like, well, I would really like to play those. But like the the, the Elder Scrolls games, Dead Space games the Fallout games, all of those are on Game Pass, which I pay $15 a month for on my Xbox now. So I'm not going to go out and buy old, frankly, inferior versions of that game physically to play on my PS3 when I could just fire up my Xbox and play them without having to have to get off my couch. And they're better versions, right? Games like the infamous games and and, and the Uncharted games and the Last of Uses, some of these PlayStation games that I love so much, are on my PS5 whether I want to download them or some of them are on PlayStation now. And so I have thought that. Is it going to have an effect on the hobby of game collecting? And I I think to an extent, I think it will. You know, even Nintendo. NES and SNES Online. I know people hate them, but there's a lot of big fucking titles there that are on those systems. And now instead of going out and spending a ton of money on cartridges and an old Super Nintendo that you got to get an adapter to make it run on your new TV and all that stuff, pick up your Switch play the game. It's just there, bada bing, bada boom, it's done. So I I think it's just going to come down to individual preference. I don't think it's going to kill the video game collecting industry or hobby or whatever uh, community, but I do think that there will be more and more, like the simple fact of the matter, and I know some people prefer physical games to digital. We've talked about this a million times. The simple fact of the matter and the numbers fucking prove it, more and more people are going to digital games. They just are. And if you're a physical game collector, that's totally fine. I have people that get mad at me when I talk about this. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. I don't care how you want to buy your games. Buy them. I'm not saying you're wrong buying them physically. I'm saying personally, I like the convenience of playing games digitally. I have limited space in here. I like just having all my games on my system and I can just fucking fire one up and switching it out whenever I want, play and not have to deal with the discs and the cartridges and all that. I, li- I prefer that. That's just me. If you like your games physically, keep collecting. I think what you're going to see is a slow but somewhat steady drop off of people that collect physical games. I know personally a couple of people that have gotten out of buying physical games over the last two years because they're like, it's just too convenient. And now with these subscription services where you don't even have to buy the games, like with Xbox, like I'll probably never buy an Xbox exclusive game again. Because they're all just on Game Pass day one and I'm happy with that. I don't need to physically own them. I'll just keep playing them off the subscription service and save myself trips to the store and a ton of money. But if you like some of these old games, then it's just gonna come down to like, what means more to you? Like, if you really, really do enjoy the art and the hobby of collecting and owning them physically, then nothing's gonna stop you. Keep buying them. What I'm, but I, I do think less and less people are going to be doing that. And what I'm curious about is, if people start leaving that hobby and start going to just playing games digitally via subscription services or whatever, are prices of these old games going to go up? Because well, no, to me, like they're going to, are they going to go down? Well, do they go up because they're harder to come by because there's less collectors out there? Or are they going to go down because there's less collectors out there? Like I think it could tentatively be good for game collectors. Because I think it could result in prices going down eventually. Because there's just less demand for them now. Because more and more people have said, fuck it, I'll just play them digitally on these subservices. And so there might, you know, if you're a game collector, maybe it'll be easier to do in the future as these subscription services come along. I definitely think they're going to have an effect on the business. The games will still be there. There's always going to be a market for, dude, people collect fucking everything. There'll always be a market for physical games and game collecting. But I do think that that hobby is going to shrink a little bit as more and more people adapt. It's just like, I know I suck the Game Pass dick all the time, guys. And listen, if PlayStation Now would just make all their games downloadable, I'd be sucking that dick just as hard. I really, really just think those values are too good to look away from. Particularly Game Pass, because you get the big new games day one. But both of them. Like for... Fucking, dude, if you sign up for both, you're paying, what, 25 bucks a month? And you've got literally over a 1,000 video games to just download and play as much as you want. Well, not on PlayStation now. That's that's my fucking caveat. It's just too good a value to look away from. We've talked about this 100 times. I'm, I love this discussion. This generation could change gaming forever. And we'll see. We'll see if Game Pass turns out to be a success, if Sony adapts their own version to compete with them, or if it is bad for the business and Microsoft decides we can't make money off this, forget it. Go back to buying your games. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, and I think it could have a, I think it could have a, it could have a negative effect on the retro game collecting in hobby in the sense that there'll be fewer people in it, but it could have a positive effect that I think it might result in prices going down a little bit. Cause there just won't be as much demand. Maybe I'm completely wrong. We'll see. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm an idiot, but we'll see. That'll do it. Thanks, Kelly. That's a good question. That'll do it for blowing in the cartridge this week, everybody. Thank you for writing in. Let's change things up and get into our smash hit segment, the unofficial official game show. Remember the game, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. Uh, The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is a race from time forever. And I'm never doing that rolling three again because I just spit all over my fucking pop filter here. Anyway, so yeah, you can play one as it is. Remake one as a modern game. Third game is a race from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, I promise I'm not going to get as angry as I did last week. Uh, If you missed last week's, I'm sure it'll come up again this week. Uh, This time around, I figured we're talking a Sega Dreamcast game and Jet Set Radio, so let's do a Dreamcast version of the show. Admittedly, I have not played any of the three contestants this week, all right? Just to give you all a heads up, but they are three of the highest rated games on the Sega Dreamcast. We're talking Soul Calibur, Shenmue, and Virtua Tennis. And according to our poll... The runaway answer this week, our biggest win ever. 51% of you voted to play Soul Caliber, remake Shenmu, and erase Virtua Tennis. And the thing is, like there's six combinations. So there's six options on the poll, and over 50% picked this poll. That is complete domination. Usually the winner gets like 25-30% of the vote, not 51. That's wild, man. And I honestly don't know if everyone voted to erase Virtua Tennis just to try to get me pissed off like last week where everyone wrote in erasing Mario Power Tennis and I lost my mind, which I stand by, you're all fucking psychos. Uh, I don't know if people wrote in to erase Virtua Tennis because of that or if it's just the game people care about the least. Like I said, I have not played any of these, so I decided on my order based purely on the previews and the information I read about these games We'll get to my answer in a minute. Here's a few of your your takes, your hot takes. Here, Corey Street wrote in and said, "Definitely, I will have to go with Play Soul Calibur, remake Shenmue, and erase Tennis." I love fighting games, so I love Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast. I'd remake Shenmue to play it more, or for it to play more like its successor, the Yakuza series, uh, include more interesting side missions, mini games, et cetera. And as much as I love Tennis as a sport, I haven't played this game in ages, or I haven't played this game. So it has to go. And like, sometimes I come down on people for erasing the game they haven't played because I'm like, well, try a new game. But if you really like Shenmue and Soul Calibur, then I get it. That's different. If you're attached to those two games, you're not going to erase a game that you love to try a game that you might not like. So all right, fair enough. All right. There's a lot of people that bring up Shenmue and how it's kind of like a a watered down uh, Yakuza game. Some people feel like Corey, where they want to remake it some people feel we'll get into it in a minute. Some people are like, This game fucking sucks, just give me Yakuza. So, uh, Jerry Robinson wrote in and said, For sure, play Soul Calibur because it was my favorite before they went all Smash style with Yoda and Vader. I won't lie, Soul Calibur 4 was great though. Remake Shenmue because just imagine how sexy the graphics would be today. And then erase tennis. I tried playing it with my cousin and we got our asses whooped every time. I love Jerry, I read your comment. Not because your logic on your play and remake aren't sound, because they're sound logic. You're like, I like this game and I'd like to see this game remade. But I love the fact that you erase Virtua Tennis because the computer kept beating you. That's my that's that's my favorite. Oh fuck me! That I don't know why that just tickled me the right way. You're just like, this game beat me. Go fuck yourself. It's like the time I got benched by my uh, by my manager in MLB The Show, and then I just stopped playing the game. That was just me, my version of protest. I was like, well, then you go fuck yourself. You're going to bench me. That's what you did. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Adams Stank, I love that handle, wrote in and said, play Virtua Tennis. Not only is this one of the best sports gaming experiences ever over the years, but the noodley guitar solo driven soundtrack is one to be celebrated. Remake Shenmue. This game could do with a bit of a reimagining and a fresh coat. Keep the shitty voice acting, though. That's half of its charm. And then Erase Soul Calibur. Not a fighting game aficionado, but there are 10 others that I would rather play in place of this one. So I, Adam, I want to stay for the or Adam's stank, I should say. My stank. I should say. I wholeheartedly agree. Anytime a video game has shitty voice acting, if you're remaking it, don't get rid of the shitty voice acting. I love. I fucking love shitty voice acting so much um and yeah okay if you're not a big fighting game you know junkie i understand erasing soul caliber and saying there's 10 other ones that you'd rather play i i we'll get to my answer in a minute but i understand what you're saying there uh fake mccue wrote and it said delete tennis mario has that covered anyway remake shenmue because it's due and play soul caliber it feels like it's been remade with every release it's a sound argument too that you're like i don't know fuck was there anyone that said remake soul caliber very few and i never thought of that but yeah either play it because all the future ones are almost like remakes or erase it because you don't want to play it i i never thought of that you're right uh benny mb Wrote in and said, "'Play Soul Calibur. "'It's solid as it is. "'Remake Shenmue. "'I thought that game was awesome when it came out. "'I spent the first day going through drawers in the house "'and playing the game console in the living room. "'Change up the story and gameplay a bit with a remake "'and do a modern revival of the series.'" virtual with tennis is one of the best tennis games out there but i'd have to say erase it because i can't bring myself to erase soul or shenmue so same thing i can get on board with that i do <laughs> i do love though that like benny you said remake shenmue i thought that game was awesome when it came out i spent the first day going through drawers in the house you <laughs> just the way just, as i was reading that out loud i was like oh that sounds like fun it's like where's my keys 2019 like that's the new series from ea where's my keys pay deal pay for extra content and actually get your keys you just that's all you do you tear your house apart looking for your keys i'm gonna trademark that's a good idea i like that idea and then finally raging demon wrote in and said play soul Calibur because i am raging demon what's a shenmue remake it I'll give it a crack erase Virtua tennis cuz super tennis has it covered demon I read your comment cuz I know what a big fighting game fan you are and so you're like play soul caliber of course I'm fine with that but get the fuck out of here with your super tennis all of you super te- I love tennis video games we are not going down this rabbit hole again super tennis oh, fuck off fucking you fucking monsters 16% of you had the right answer the same answer that i had it tied for a distant second after that 51st or that 51% runaway victory uh, and one of the people that had the same answer as me uh, in that 16% was my boy Andre SJA Flash, who wrote in and said, play Soul Caliber. This game is great, still holds up, and has spawned a running line of sequels to this day. The sixth installment is, in fact, very good. Remake Virtua Tennis. We are starved for a new simulation tennis game. Mario Aces is a fine game, but even if it was amazing, it still doesn't have real pros in it. And then erase Shenmue. I feel like this game can get the label of most overhyped and overrated of all time it's boring as all hell and i feel like the yakuza series does everything this game was trying to accomplish but a thousand times better just go play yakuza so i have the same answer as flash for actually similar answers but not a reasoning but not entirely Uh, like i said i have not played any of these three so i read all three i read reviews of all three and then i've made my decision based on that information and i'm torn here because i'm not gonna lie to you i really don't want to erase any of them But I play by my rules around here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, here's the thing. I'm going to play Soul Calibur, but I'm not going to play it. I've talked about this before. I suck all the fighting game ass. It's really bad. I'm not remotely good at fighting games. But there's just no genre in gaming that I respect high-end play of more. Than fighting games. It's the only genre where I almost prefer to just watch high end players play it over play it myself. So, this is a play choice made completely out of respect for the genre. All right. I'm going to remake Virtua Tennis. And I honestly wasn't sure if I was going to remake Shenmue or Tennis. But the fact of the matter is, as we talked about last week, I love tennis video games and i'd argue we haven't gotten a good simulation one in a long time just like Andre said i used to really like the top spin games but it's been a long time since we just got like a good fifa mlb the show-esque tennis game that's what i want people seem to have really liked virtual tennis it sounds like it was really good we need a new tennis game so remake and revamp and relaunch virtual tennis and then i'm going to erase shenmue This game seems to have been a pretty big deal back in the day. But from what I've read about it, a lot of people are saying, we've got Yakuza now. Yakuza does it better. I agree with that. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Benny MB turned me off Shenmue when he said he was so excited to play it and spent his entire first day looking through the drawers in his house. I was like, nah. Like I said, key find your keys 2022 that's coming this fall that that interests me but i'm gonna erase shenmue plus like i said i respect good fighting games too much to erase caliber and i want tennis too much to erase virtual tennis so shenmue's gotta go thank you to everyone that played i love this stupid segment so much now before i get into what i've been playing there's one last story i wanted to quickly touch on here and maybe we'll get into it more on game patch this friday A copy of Super Mario 64, sealed, still in the box, still with the original plastic on it, in a graded slab, was rated a 9.8 out of 10 as far as its condition. It sold this week for one and a half million dollars. Now last week on Game Patch, we talked about that copy of Zelda from the NES that was sealed and graded that sold for six figures, so for like $780,000 or something. I just think this is so stupid I think the bubble's going to burst. Listen, spend your money on whatever you want. But I'm telling you, I truly feel this in my bones. Graded, sealed video games are not an industry that's not a hobby it's not a market it's a it's an artificially created market by a couple companies including one company that starts with a w and then has an a a t and an a in their fucking name that grades these video games and all they're doing is preying on rich clueless fucking investors that are buying up these pieces think they're buying up investment pieces to put away to save for their money and the bubble's going to burst because nobody fucking wants these graded comic books graded sports cards those have all existed forever and those are a whole different industry because if you're a sports card collector you can buy a graded slabbed Wayne Gretzky rookie card and look at both sides and still enjoy the card the exact same way you'd enjoy it if it wasn't graded it's just now protected a video game is meant to be played and if you want to buy a sealed video game because you think it's cool to own a sealed video game sure Why not? But do you have any idea how much money it adds to these things when they're graded out of 10 and they get a high grade? And that market and that high price is fucking created by these people. And the only... uh, Dude, a copy of Skyrim for the Xbox 360 still sealed in its plastic was graded an 8 out of 10 and sold for $600. Nobody, not one fucking person that likes... that is into the video game atmosphere, ecosystem, whatever, bought that. Because everyone knows Skyrim is on everything, and that is worthless. The only person that bought that is somebody that doesn't know anything about video games, saw that, oh wow, a copy of Mario 64 like this sold for one and a half million dollars. I'll buy this one up for 600 bucks, put it in my safety deposit box, and then in 30 years, it'll be worth half of that $600. People will buy it for the plastic. It's just a stupid stupid hobby i i maybe i'm wrong maybe in 10 years graded video games will be all the hype but i i am i am putting my money where my mouth is i am planting my flag i'm calling my shot This is not a sustainable industry and the only reason people are buying these games right now is because they have too much money and they think they're pulling a fast one, buying up stuff they don't understand and eventually they're going to find out that most people in the video game world couldn't give less than a fuck about these games. Certainly not enough to spend six or seven fucking figures on them. I just had to bring it up because I know that people were bringing it up that Mario 64 sold for one and a half million dollars. I saw a tweet that said your memories of Mario 64 are worth more than one and a half million dollars. And I was like, the fuck they are. I'll sell every Mario memory I've ever had. You can take that chunk of my brain out of my head for one and a half million dollars. Fuck that. Especially Mario 64. Yeah, you're right. I, I would much rather have memories of not being able to fly than I fucking would... Uh, of memories of how I spent my one and a half million dollars. Get the fuck out of here. What have I been playing over the last seven days? Then we'll get into Jet Said Radio. Uh, mostly Bioshock and Returnal. And I beat both of them this weekend. Bioshock, I replayed for the first time since I played it when it came out. And it was primarily, it was 50% in preparation for a future episode of this. At 50% because I've just been looking for an excuse to go back to, to Bioshock. I adore that video game. I can't wait to review that on the show. I fucking love that game. And then I finally beat Returnal, the roguelike on PlayStation 5 that I've been playing for two and a half months that I I adore. I finally beat it. I fucking love that game. Uh, And then last night, I fired up the original God of War on the HD collection on my PS3 and because that won this month's Patreon poll. And I'm I'm in the process of playing it right now and I'm really, really digging it. It's fucking awesome. And that's pretty well all I... Yeah, it's like 90% Bioshock and Returnal. A little bit of MLB The Show as well, but Bioshock and Returnal have been my focus this past week. Oh, I oh don't know. I played Jet Said Radio two weeks ago. I was going to say, oh, and Jet Set, but I played that two weeks ago. So let's talk to Jet Set. That's why you guys are here. That's the main event. Let's talk about Jet Set Radio. I like to give our listeners a couple of chances to share their thoughts before my guest and I drone on. Uh, Joel Leblanc wrote in to us on patreon and said i was a dreamcast kid back in the day and i remember buying this game as a tony hawk pro skater fan i was totally blown totally blown away by the soundtrack and the cell shading graphics it was so new to me i still own this game today and you're making me consider playing it again joel i agree with everything you just said about the soundtrack the cell shading and how blowing mind-blowing it looks and everything don't be afraid to play it again, but maybe listen to this first because it's a little it's a little rough around the edges. That's all. Uh, Jerry Robinson wrote in and said, I've been waiting for you to do this one. in my DJ Professor K voice judge set radio, I love it. Uh, I loved when they do the little underground radio segments before your missions. I always loved Graham and his bug-eyed shades and the menacing laugh. When it came to tagging, I sucked. The arrows with the curves were the worst for me. So glad they fixed it in the sequel. So I've not played the sequel yet, but i that's disappointing to me if you don't do that anymore because i that's one of my favorite things about Jet Set Radio, as you're about to hear, is the tracing of your graffiti with the analog stick because it really does feel like you're spray painting. I I love that part. That kind of sucks to get rid of that. Uh, Nathaniel Shelley wrote in and said, I never got to play this game, but I did play the hell out of its sequel, Jet Set Radio Future. With all that being said, there's a spiritual successor called Bomb Rush Cyberfunk that I can't wait for. If you haven't seen its trailers yet, treat yourself, Adam. It's funny you bring that up, Nathaniel. Chris, my guest this week, brought it up, I think after we finished recording, this Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. And I looked it up and it totally is, a spiritual successor to Jet Said Radio, and it's now on my anticipated games list because it looks fucking awesome. Uh, Murat Pepper wrote in and said, my fondest memory of this game is the chick singing the music just turns me on. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking weird. Plus the DJ yelling Jet Said Radio between different levels. This game is awesome. Aside from your odd attraction to the chick saying the music turns you on, Murat, I agree this game is fucking awesome. Uh, I feel like that about other video games. We might someday do like a video game crushes episode of Expansion Pass. That'd be fun. And then finally, Chris Coplin wrote in and said, I remember liking this game a lot back when it came out in 2000, the graphical style, the music, the overall concept. I loved it, but I don't remember making it very far. Going back to it recently, the controls don't really hold up to the test of time, making the game more difficult than it probably should be. I'd really like to see this game remade with a new engine from the ground up since the formula has so much potential and I do enjoy what I did play but it feels trapped in the year it was released and you're about to hear us talk about that chris i love this game as well desperately want to see the series revamped or this game remade clean up the controls because they have not aged gracefully at, they've aged about as well as i have and and i've aged like a fucking potato so uh and we'll talk about that right now i'm gonna queue up some all oh, the music in this game is so good there it is and we're gonna talk Jet Set Radio, which originally released on the Sega Dreamcast on June 29th, way back in the year 2000. Enjoy the episode this week, everybody. Let's go.
1: Let's look at the funk.
0: All right. So, joining me via the blank phone this week is uh I remember the game original, the guest from episode 1. And now 156 or whatever it is episodes later, we've invited him back. Uh he's he's been on several. Between now and then. It's my good buddy Chris, the Sega kid, Chris. How's it going, pal? Good. I'm
1: taking time out of my arguing with uh people on Twitter about ribs this time. So,
0: yeah, so if you guys don't know, Chris uh Chris is a uh, I don't know what the term, I don't know if you guys have a term or uh like Chris is a grill a grill guy. He likes to he likes to uh burn animal carcasses outside on his barbecue and he's got a group of vegetarians going trying to ruin his life on social media right now. And if you guys <laughs> if you guys don't know chris he's like the nicest guy you've ever met just the sweet like he's Ned flanders he's he's just the nicest person and these people have just decided that he's the guy that they're going to take down for barbecuing animals so uh as you're listening to this everybody i just hope that you will take time out of your day today to eat an animal in support of our buddy chris here Uh, exactly just eat, eat a steak for me yeah eat a steak for chris or it can just be eat a hot i don't care it just you know you can pick up a dog and just bite it i don't know just do something to fucking <laughs> prove a point anyway we're not <laughs> it's just my favorite thing we're here to talk just said radio but it's just my favorite thing that like the last person i know that would ever get in an argument with anyone has got like vegetarians fucking out for i'm gonna get a hold of them now and like maybe i'll create a fake account and join their team just to come after. anyway Anyway, all right. Anyway, okay. So we're talking <clears throat> back to work. We're talking Jet Set Radio for the Sega Dreamcast and about three thousand other. It's been ported to a lot of. I didn't realize how many things this game has been ported to over the years, but I suppose it makes sense because nobody owned a Dreamcast to play it, so it'd be. I, <laughs> I love that it's just silence and Chris, the well, Sega kid, is like, "Fist yourself! I'm done with this already." um i'm just kidding i love the dreamcast i have no no ill will toward the dreamcast at all but no joke chris this thing is on a lot of fucking systems man
1: yeah like it's funny i've only ever played it on the dreamcast if you can believe that no i can't believe that actually but wow yeah like it's on it's on steam it's on all the major consoles i think isn't it now
0: yeah pretty well well i don't know like so i'm looking right now it's on playstation 3 playstation vita ios android dreamcast and xbox 360 and For what it's worth, I tried to buy it on my Xbox Series X and S. And sometimes with the... Well, it's my Series X. I'm so used to saying X and S. Um, Sometimes with these old games, you can go on Xbox's website and buy games that aren't available through the console. But I couldn't find this game. Like, I found it on their website. It wouldn't let me buy it. So I finally... I want you people to know how much I appreciate our audience and the fact that I, I respect the results of our Patreon polls. I played a Sega game on PC for this fucking podcast. And it was like, I had to have a shower when I was done. It was against everything I'm, I'm, I am uh, I stand for. But the point, the reason I'm saying all this, Chris, to bring it kind of round point, is it was on a lot of things. It hasn't been released in the last few years, but it was on a lot of things. And uh, this is a really cool game. And frankly, I think it's a little bit of a shame that this series as a whole like the jet set franchise has just kind of been like Sega has kind of done to jet set. What Nintendo has done with like F zero and stuff It is just forgotten about. And that is bullshit. Cause this game is pretty rad.
1: Well, first it. of all, two wrongs made a right. Finally, you got your Sega and PC together and look what all the good came out of it. Oh, Christ.
0: And fuck then you. <laughs> fuck
1: you. Fuck is so hard it, to get. Yeah. To... Like,
0: ugh anyway, and sorry. This series
1: has disappeared, man. Like if you think this game's hard to find the sequel to it, is pretty much non-existent if you don't have the original disc for Xbox and then I think even then it only works on the OG Xbox and maybe the 360 otherwise it's locked out.
0: Is that that's radio future? Yeah. Yeah yeah. Um yeah and I don't I don't like listen everybody, like I'm not gonna sit here and shit on this game because I like a lot more about this game than I don't like. I will say the controls leave a little something to be desired in 2021 but i'm not willing to completely just rake this game over the coals for that because it's a product of the time and the sega dreamcast and again i like the sega dreamcast the sega dreamcast only had one analog stick so you said you only played this on the dreamcast so you must have done it with just the one an- the oh, i'm not gonna lie to you chris that sounds that sounds fucking frustrating my friend that sounds a little irritating holy oh i'm not like
1: but that is the controls for this game. Like, on Dreamcast, like, every button had two features, pretty much. Like, so your spray your spray button is also your camera button. Your analog movement is also your spray motion. Right. And, like, it's... If it worked at the time, I don't remember, because I tried playing this again on Dreamcasts in prep for this. And I think I got maybe 10 minutes in. Like I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't even jump straight.
0: Right. Yeah. It's okay. So it's, it's, I mean, not that it's the same thing, but it's funny you say that because I, um I tried playing GoldenEye 007 not long ago And uh, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I'm not going to shit here. I'm not shit here. I'm not going to sit here and shit on GoldenEye 007 for its controls today because these were what they were back then. But they're tough today. And I feel like that's the same thing with this. And this is kind of... I know the Nintendo 64 is a couple years older than the Dreamcast, but it's still from that same era, you know, where it was one analog stick and trying to make it work. And so I would tell anyone listening to this, if you're interested in playing Jet Set Radio and you never have, it's a cool game and it's worth checking out. We're going to get into it in a minute. Be prepared to get irritated with the controls, and just kind of know that it is what it is, and there's not a lot else you can do about it because it is just a problem. I don't even know what you could do to fix them, quite frankly, without like remaking the game. I think the controls are what they are. So
1: when you played it on Steam, it was still the one analog only.
0: No, I played it. it, it No, I played it with my eight bit do controller with the dual analogs, and they both worked. Like one was me moving, and one was the camera. Like it was. I didn't have to reprogram anything. It was just set up to work. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so, like, I, that's why I mean. I can't fathom playing it with just one because I found it frustrating with two. Um, but but having said that, like, once you start to get a feel for the – like, I, I felt like – because I beat the game, and I never felt like I completely grasped and mastered the controls. Like, it, no matter how far into the game I got, I still had instances where I was getting stuck or – Uh, like not stuck and I couldn't figure out what to do, but stuck like I just couldn't get my my player to go where I wanted them to go and do what I wanted them to do. And I would get pissed off. But I've always said that's kind of the sign of a good video game is you start to get pissed off at the controls or a level or whatever. But then I I calm down for five minutes and then I'm like, okay, I want to play it some more. Like, and that was the thing about this game was like, I never, I would have temporary rage quits, but I would constantly come back to it. Like I liked it that much. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like I would say, if you're gonna play this game either on Dreamcast or whatever, just don't play it like a modern game. Play it to the controls they set up for it, and I think you'll get through and and maybe even have a decent time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It takes it it takes some time to get used to the controls, and like I'll be honest, Chris, for like the first hour that I was playing it, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was I was like <laughs> I I was like I was ready to rip this game a new ass. But it's typical it just, Sega for you, hey? Oh God. But I just, I stuck with it, and I was like, because I really, okay, so we'll get into the actual game itself instead of just the controls. If you've never played it, you basically, and Chris, feel free to correct me if I say anything incorrectly here. Long and short, you control this group of like, (laughs) they're not necessarily hoodlums, but they're kind of hoodlums. They're like a street gang in Tokyo on these futuristic looking rollerblades. And they're fighting a gang war. At least that's how the game starts. We won't get into how it ends. But it starts out, you're kind of fighting a gang war against other gangs. And there's no fisticuffs or anything whatsoever. The only way you fight this war is by spray painting your particular tag or logo across the city of Tokyo. Like, it's, it's all the fights are settled with spray paint. Like, oh, it's
1: like the least violent gang war ever. Yeah.
0: And I was funny because as I was playing it, I was like, dude, this is how they should just settle stuff today. Like, there'd be no more shootings or anything. It would just be spray painting stuff. Everyone, but then, I hate spray paint. Like, our, we have someone in our fucking neighborhood here at Edmonton that spray paints their shitty... It's not even a cool-looking logo. It's a shitty logo all over everything in our fucking neighborhood, and I hate it. Um, but that's the long and short of it. It's kind of like, a in a in a very, very basic way, it's kind of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but with spray paint and rollerblades instead. Like you i guess like is that i don't know it's like i don't know how else. it's a weird chris this is one of the weirdest video games i've ever played
1: like i don't know how else to
0: explain it it's weird that is the gist
1: of the game like you're given an area you spray paint everything and that's pretty much it like there's no combat there's no or not really any true combat i would say hey like it's just
0: no and that's actually something that bothered me a little bit because yeah like there's no there are cops and like that main cop is just like the main like chief guy is. He's awesome. He just looks so. He just run like the cops, the police, all these people are trying to stop you from spray painting this town. And they're bringing in helicopters with rocket like launchers, tanks, and- tanks, cops with fucking guns, and they're all just shooting at these kids on roller. And they're like, I don't care what it takes, stop those kids. And to stop the kids, they're gonna level a fucking city in Tokyo to stop these kids <laughs> that are spray painting stuff. But like, I did find it a little aggravating at times because they're you're right like they're and and if i'm i mean unless i'm wrong but i don't think i am like there's no way to fight back and so when these cops do find you and they get your scent and they're on top of you in these maps because you have to go around these different maps and just tag all these different little like there's red arrows showing you where you need to tag or like spray paint over other people's spray paint stuff like that and there's no way to fight back so it's frustrating sometimes when you have like two say you have two places left to spray paint to beat a level and the cops are there. And so you go in there, you get like one layer of your spray paint down and then they're attacking you and you're losing your health and you have to try to lure them away. I found it. I found it frustrating. I was like, fuck, let me like spray paint them at least or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I did find yeah, that like, tedious to try to lure them away from where I was trying to spray paint.
1: Well, especially if you're down to just that one where it's not even a complicated tag. It's just that hit, hit the trigger and you're done. Mm-hmm. It's just so, it's, yeah, it just gets so cumbersome trying to move on from the game from there. And-
0: yeah, dude, oh, there's one level, Chris, near the end of the game where you're on, you have to tag a whole bunch of rooftops and right. um, there's these flying cops, like these futuristic flying soldier things, whatever, and they're like shooting at you and so all I'm trying to do is quickly hit all my spray painting on this on these roofs so I can get off these roofs and then I have like two left and then one of the cops fucking shoots me. And it takes away a third of my health, but it knocks me off the roof. And now the only way to get back up there is to skate around the entire level where there's not even anything to hurt me. Just skate around the whole level to get back to where I can climb up on these roofs to try again. And those were – that was honestly more than the controls. That was what I found the most frustrating because the controls to an extent are a product of the times, which I can understand – but I did find it frustrating that these enemies were just circling in on me and they like, there's no way to dodge it or attack it. Once you're spray painting, you're kind of stuck. And then they hit you and they knock you off this roof and now it's like a 30 second lap around to get up there and try again. Do you know what I, and that was probably my biggest criticism of the game was that. I just wish there was some way to fight back against these fucking guys. And if there is, I have no idea what it was. I don't think there was though.
1: No, I don't think so. Like, yeah, you're right. The level design was really hit or miss in this game. And I guess it's, Like, would you call this an open world game?
0: Um, not, I mean, no, not, not in. Like you're given a playground, but it's not
1: really an interactive world other than the spray painting part of it. And it feels like it was an early attempt at that kind of thing. Maybe so.
0: It has, it has, it's like, for those of you that haven't played it, it is a lot like the old Tony Hawk games where you get dropped into like a world and you've got like a little fishbowl that you can go around in and do whatever you want in. It's just that instead of focusing on doing various stunts and stuff like that, your only objective in like three quarters of the levels of this game is before your time runs out, you can't run out of health and die. And you just basically have to skate around this world and find all the red arrows and spray paint on them. Like that's really all it. It's a very basic game at its core. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of depth to it. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's not, you know, like Tony Hawk, you try to chain together all these big stunts and put up these big scores and all that kind of stuff. You can chain together stunts and stuff in this. It's not nearly as fluid as Tony Hawk, but it also isn't quite as dead. Like the the whole like deep, I mean, part of me, like the whole object of the game is to just try to spray paint all these red arrows and get as high a score as you can, as fast as you can. Right. Like that's all it, that's really all it is.
1: And that's literally it, too. Like, yeah, like you say, you can do combos. You chain them together to no end. You're just going to get points. It yeah. doesn't affect anything at all. And then, like, as soon as you hit that last tag, like, the, the level ends. There's no, like, okay, we're done. Let's get out of here. And
0: Yeah. Like, when I was playing it, I was kind of like, dude, I don't know. If I had bought this back, like, in the Dreamcast era, would I have felt ripped off? But the thing about this game is I feel like it's one of those games that if you were into it, like, you can beat it in, you know, a handful of hours, seven or eight hours probably. You can beat the whole game. But, like, if you want to go for all the perfect scores and getting all the high scores and getting, like, because it gives you, like, a rating from, like, I don't remember. I think the highest rating is Jet and the lowest rating is, like, I don't remember what it is. But they're, like, you know, like, the in classic, like, late 90s style, like, the attitude, like, Jet, Nitro, cool, whatever words. And it gives you a ranking on how you did, like, an A, B, or C And I could see, like, if you bought this game, if you had a Dreamcast and you bought this game and this was your game that you were playing, I could see playing through each level over and over again and trying to come up with the fastest, smoothest possible trail you could come up with to get all the arrows and stuff like that. And that would be, to me, where most of the replay value would be. But, like, it's a seven or eight hour game otherwise if you just want to go through, beat it and be done and see how the story plays out.
1: Yeah, like it's kind of crazy that in that day and age that you were still chasing more or less either a high score or just a better ranking. Like, and there's still not really much, yeah, extra depth, I guess.
0: Like there is. So, like, I played it on Steam, obviously, and so I didn't play with the online. But it did say there was like an online like leaderboard or something. And I know the Dreamcast. Like, listen, we have talked about the Dreamcast on the show before. I and Chris and I talk almost every day, and it, about a million times. Chris and I have agreed that both the Nintendo GameCube and the Sega Dreamcast are two of the most criminally underrated consoles of all time. And I'll particularly throw that label on the Dreamcast because at least the GameCube survived. Like the Dreamcast, in a way, killed Sega, like as far as home consoles go. And it really sucks because I do like the Dreamcast a lot and the dreamcast was playing with online before a lot of other people were and i could see it being fun to like be able to play against your like put your high scores up against your friends and stuff like that i think that'd be fun so I, there is replay here if you want to go for scores there's just not a lot of replay as far as like beating the level like there's just not a lot of i don't even it's all scores like you said at the end of the day it's kind of a score game it almost feels like a i don't mean this disrespectfully at times it almost feels like a demo do you know what I mean? Like, there's just not a ton there. That's all.
1: Or an arcade game or something like
0: that. Yeah, too, right? or, or an arcade game, right. Um, Having said that, dude, like, it's a lot of fun. Like, the skating... Is, so, like, I've never really talked about this on the podcast, but I I used to be really into rollerblading. Like, I was... That was how I got along. I, I love inline skating. To this day, I love it. And... uh it was really fun to get to do that and do some of the cool tricks, even if the tricks are a little bit wonky and stuff like that. But like at the core of this game, the, the, the thing is, is the spray painting. And, uh, I remember it cause you're the one that gifted me that book, that Sega, the rise and fall of Sega book. And I'm positive they said somewhere in that book that certain governments were against this video game period. Cause they thought it would, um, uh, encourage kids to go out and, <laughs> and, and, and spray paint and like graffiti and stuff like that. Well, it was
1: refreshing not to see the Winners Don't Use Drugs thing flash up when you first started. You get the whole, like, graffiti is an art, but don't go graffitiing everything. Yeah, a big disclaimer at the beginning. So
0: Yeah, the disclaimer that, yeah, graffiti is art, but don't just go around tagging stuff. And it's funny, Chris, because I've argued to the death that video games don't make kids violent. Like, kids don't play Grand Theft Auto and then go out and steal cars. I, I truly believe that. I could kind of believe that this game would encourage a 15 year old kid to go out and start spray painting stuff. Like, oh, I, dude, could, I spray
1: painted my hometown when I played it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Chris Heber tag. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a pig <laughs> on a name. fucking spit. <laughs> like, because you're, you're a fucking meat eater and all the vegetarians <laughs> hate you. Um, and I honestly wonder if that's maybe why they haven't done more with the franchise because they are worried about the way that it's like Bully bully on the ps2 is a great fucking game but people talk about how it was controversial at its time because they were worried it would teach kids how to you know to be bullies and i could see how maybe their hesitation in bringing this game back i don't agree with it but i could see how maybe their hesitation is that they're gonna they're basically teaching kids to go around spray painting stuff because that's really all you do at the end of the day is go around spray painting stuff and maybe that's Pretty why much. they have not more with it
1: because there's a few like things, I think, that keep this series dormant. Like, you're right, it's there's a, it's like a counterculture kind of theme to it, where you're rebellious, you yeah. skating around. Um, I know the soundtrack, they've had a lot of trouble with rights to it, because I think that's the main reason why Jet Set Radio Future has never been released anywhere else, and why this one gets pulled routinely. Because um, the composer of this... Um, who, by the way, is if you follow him on Twitter, I can't remember his name, but he is batshit crazy. <laughs> like, he just, he'll randomly tweet about something and then he randomly tweets about how he's horny and onwards. Like, he's just.
0: Is it Tominori Sawada? Uh, it's. Uh, Hideki Naganuma?
1: Yeah, that's the one.
0: Hideka, Hideki Naganuma? Naganuma? Yeah, okay. that's him. Okay.
1: And I think he's also working on a spiritual successor to this series too now. So I'm not sure if he's just pulled his support from this to, to lend it to that. So
0: mm. so there's, yeah. It's funny you say that because that was, you know, one of the first things I thought while I was playing this game is like, one thing, I've, even as a Nintendo kid growing up, one thing I always admired about Sega was that they were cool. And it's like, everyone knows that that was their marketing you know their whole persona was like they're the cool the, the Sega scream like Sonic was so edgy like they were they always tried to be the cool kid right and I'm playing this game and it's funny you mentioned that it has that kind of like counterculture whatever like that that rebel kind of feel to it because I'm playing this game and I was like this game fucking screams Sega like this is exact <laughs> and I mean that in a good way this is precisely what Sega always was that kind of rebellious. Edgy, kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 oh, it totally yeah. fits that. It fits that narrative to a fucking t. And then you throw in the cool music and the graphics, and it, it's 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 a Sega. It, this if I if I didn't know what this game was and I played it, and you were like, what console was that on? I'd be like, something Sega. No question about it. That's sad, <laughs> it, it. Just has that Sega attitude all over it, which I think is awesome. I think it's one of its redeeming qualities of this game, frankly.
1: Well, that's what was so awesome about the Dreamcast. Like in the same time frame as Jet Set Radio was released, you also had like Space Channel Five, you had Seaman, and all these games, which were just all completely different, all, all pretty much niche titles. Like you'd never find them in a mainstream, yeah, setting. Like they just, I'll, it's amazing they all did as well. They're all pretty well acclaimed, but yeah, they were just all completely off the beaten trail as far as like genres and
0: yeah, which is like I can't I can't think of a nintendo game that i would compare to this one like ever you know what i It's just i mean on this it's one of a kind yeah like the canceled mario gang wars game where they were going to go around spray painting everything and it was them and bowser spray (laughs) painting shit um but yeah so so i wanted to talk about the spray painting itself like i'd like to get into the controls as a whole so there's good controls in this game and there's some kind of bad controls and the the bad controls, in my opinion, is like the, the skating is incredibly easy. And if you want to grind on a rail or do a trick in the air, it's not complicated. You don't need to hold a whole bunch of buttons. You literally just kind of jump. Like that's really the basic mechanic of the game is just jumping. Where I found the controls broken is trying to to pinpoint your landing when you jump. And it just, that was where I got the most frustrated with the controls was like, just trying to get my fucking like to do a trick in the air is easy and kind of conf- and fun and i like the physics motion the, the the physics engine of the way when you've got momentum going you're skating faster and when you don't have momentum going you're skating slower and all that shit is great but trying to land on certain things or like there's one level and you probably know the level i'm talking about where you're in like a city you're in the city and there's like a there's like a playground with swings and like it's stuff like that and there's a couple of things you have to tag over this like canal like a man-made canal and you have to grind across like a crane to get over to the other side to spray paint these tags. And motherfucker, if I could just get on that crane. Once you're on it, you don't even have to touch anything. You just grind across it. But just trying to land on it, just I found it so frustrating. Uh and again, I'm not going to sit here and completely rip on it because it's just that's how the controls were at the time. But that was like that was probably the thing I found the most frustrating and after a little while I read the manual and then found out that if you play as the characters with higher technique you'll have an easier time doing tricks and skating and so I almost specifically played as uh Mew I think her name is like one of the smaller female skaters because her technique was so high and then I found the game infinitely easier once I switched to her infinitely easier oh (laughs) <laughs> but i don't know did you, you was like did, like am i wrong like did you find that kind of stuff hard like is it just me I, or you said you quit playing it again so well, you did.
1: just trying to replay it like it took me half an hour just to finish the tutorial because like i tried to move what an imaginary camera control that didn't exist when finally i realized i just had to keep my hands off and just hit the jump button and i, and I went straight and landed mm. like
0: yes like it just yes it,
1: you think it wouldn't be that hard but it, it just feels like they went out of their way to make it harder than necessary
0: well i think part of it you nailed part of it i think too we're all so used to games with the dual analog stick and one is your camera and one is your moving your character and this game was kind of designed around a one analog system where i think yeah i i think to an extent they're kind of trying to teach you like hey just leave the camera alone like once you have the camera where you you think you need it just don't touch it whereas <laughs> i'm the type of person who always wants to like have it in just the right spot but when you move the camera, it shifts the angle your character's jumping at, and now you're missing jumps and stuff like that. So, once you learn to just kind of not touch the camera, it does make the game a lot easier, as does using the characters with technique. Because, oh my God. So, like, every character is ranked in technique, power, and graffiti, and their power is their health. And I think, and if I'm wrong and you know better, tell me, but I think graffiti is basically like how much paint it's going to take to paint some of the stuff you have to tag. I think so. Like, the higher your graffiti rating, the less spray paint you need to have on you to make do, like, a big tag. And then their yeah. technique is how good a skater they are. And it's, I mean, it's Video Game 101. A lot of the female characters in this game have lower power but higher technique. And I just found that to be a, a godsend. Like, so much, it, I don't even care about the power. Because honestly, dude, like, if, you, if you're if you good at the technique, the power, like, it was very, I, I died so much more running out of time than I did running out of power like i I very rarely got hurt it was just trying to find it and trying to get my goddamn character to go where we had to go to spray paint everything in time
1: (laughs) yeah that was pretty much it like you did the power characters i don't think i really even ever touched them that much just because they just never ran out of health like
0: yeah and their technique was so low that trying to get them to fucking land anywhere was just oh fucking brutal um so i hated the controls in that sense but you know what I thought was fucking – and I, I'm curious to know what you thought of this because I played a dual analog and so I had a dedicated analog stick to this. Whenever you go to tag something, it shows you the motions to make on the analog stick and it's like you're moving the spray can. And uh, I never once got tired of those motions. I thought that was so much fun. I, I, did, well, I loved was,
1: it. And that was the big hook at the time. It's just like, wow, I actually am moving the spray can. Like this is awesome. I'm-
0: yeah. Sorry, guys, that was my phone. I'm turning the sound. The notification's off. Uh, Yeah, so like when you spray paint something little, because there's little tags where literally like maybe you have to hook the the analog stick from top to a half circle from top to bottom along the right half of the stick. And then you got to shift it from the bottom to the top with the left half, but like in two separate motions. And then that's the tag. There's other tags that are like, 10 15 steps long where you're doing like full loops and then back quarter loops and then across down loops and it felt so fluid and when you got into the zone and you were nailing all of them and getting the extra bonus points it you're right like even though this game is 20 plus years old it really felt like you were spray painting stuff and i was like this feels as cool in 2021 as it probably did back in 2000 i thought it was one of the highlights of the game i never got bored of it ever
1: And honestly, goodness, this would be the only game, and I think in this world where I would actually like motion controls. Like, say if it was a Switch, say they made a Switch sequel where you're actually holding the Joy Cons and you're doing the spray motions, and
0: Mm. like that'd
1: be so fun.
0: That would be fucking dope. Yes, if you could actually spray paint, like, yeah, because yeah, you're right. That would be fun if you could just take the Joy Con and instead of trying to twist the analog stick left to right, shake your can can up, waved your hand and shake the can. That'd be friggin' sick. I'd be all over that. That's a great call.
1: But no, um, we get this imaginary swing of golf club that doesn't work. And
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me fucking started. I get it. Yes, you're right. Um, yeah, that would be fucking cool. I love the spray painting thing. I, I, so I'll ask you too because one of the – I never did it. But one of the things in the game is you can design your own tag. And otherwise, like the characters just have generic tags that they do. But like you can design your own and then when you go spray paint, you'll put whatever logo you designed is what you'll be spray painting onto the, whatever you're spray painting on. Did you design, were you a big design your own logo guy?
1: Oh, I think you know when
0: I tried to play it this
1: last time. I think I spent more time making a hot dogs tag than <laughs> I did uh, playing the game. But yeah, you um, did. <laughs>
0: I love that. <laughs>
1: but um, like that's where Sega at the end too with the Dreamcast. They there's so many little things that they tried that maybe didn't add a whole lot, but they're so cool. Like, yeah, they had the graffiti editor on there, and then that's where I think you could either use online or the, those VMUs to share your graffiti with other people or mm-hmm. download it and. Well like and that was pretty cool. Like if you have the time to spend like you're putting your own touch on the game like and that's that doesn't happen too much before that in gaming in general. So
0: No, agreed. Like now yeah, now you can create any logo in any game you want and customize the way your fucking your your clip looks in Halo when like when you're playing online and stuff. But yeah. back then it was different. You're right. And I'll tell you so, like, dude, that's, that's, that's one like of the, the first
1: instance of modding like
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And that's one of the reasons where I'm like, dude, like, ah, imagine like a modern jet set online open world game where you could put your tag anywhere you want and everyone can see it. I guess the problem is people are fucking assholes and you get all these ignorant, (laughs) like racist fucking, you know, Uh,
1: I, I couldn't even imagine
0: like, like penises would be the least of our worries. As far as <laughs> tags go today, which sucks. But, but it, the idea of it is really cool. And I saw that and I was like, that's fucking awesome. Um, I was a little shocked it didn't have a character creator. but they Because they give you so many characters and they all look different. But they're all very bland at the same time. And I was a little surprised that you couldn't create yourself in this game.
1: And well, there wasn't really much depth to the characters either. Like they kind of just all existed and there wasn't really much backstory or like, <laughs> yeah. other than the main guy, the DJ or whatever, he was the only one that really had any.
0: Yeah. The, the actual host of Jet Said Radio that kept yeah. Yeah, furthering the story. It was so funny because you start out with, there's these two characters and then the the dude with the green glasses and the yellow shirt, like the guy that's on the cover that like everybody – like that's the first character I think of when I think of Jet Set Radio is that guy. Uh, yeah. I actually think his name is Jet. I may be wrong on that. I think his name was Jet. But at the very beginning of the game, he meets these two other characters, this boy and this girl, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, can you do this? And they basically, it's like a tutorial level to teach you how to do some jumps. And then if you do all of them, they're like, all right, you can join us. And then the best part is you're like (laughs) between levels, you go to like their warehouse or whatever, like their hideout. And then when you go to the map to pick the next level you want to play, sometimes it says that like a challenge is approaching or whatever. And then (laughs) there's these like random characters just skate up to the window of your warehouse (laughs) and then challenge you to come do tricks they do. And then if you do their tricks, they're like, I right i'll join you and it's like we didn't even say you could join us and like that's how you recruit <laughs> characters and i found that so funny like just so like <laughs> well it's all the text of what they're saying too and then the,
1: the, but all they'll say is like hey hey you yeah and that's like pretty much it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and then like the the music's playing and the music's cool in this game but like every character is constantly just doing this like stationary swaying dance like at all times, like they never don't dance. And I was like, imagine talking to somebody like that and just being like, hey man, how's it going? And then they like, it's like, let's say some homeboy is dissing your fly girl. Like that's what, <laughs> like, that was what it felt like. Like they just never stopped dancing and it was just so cheesy, but you're right. they You end up with a cast of like a dozen characters, but they're all pretty well just generic, like albeit cool looking characters with just slightly different, um, uh ratings like in their in their three abilities
1: and yeah. I and like,
0: like yeah i just kind of wish you could have designed a character that's all it's not the end not of it. the world i didn't really even care but it, it would have been neat if you could have designed a character like there's just so much potential with this franchise there really is you have been telling me forever that you this is a franchise you'd like to see brought back and now that i've played one i was texting you as i was playing it and i was like how the fuck have they not done anything with this franchise because the the i mean the gameplay is is fine it could do some work but i'm sure if they made another game today it would um like jet said radio
1: future ironed out a lot of these problems like once they had the xbox controller like there was all the control problems pretty much gone like there was still some minor stuff but right and i think like it was a better game by far yeah
0: i've been told that by a lot of people that like jet Said radio future is the infinitely better title um but either way like it's just even like The soundtrack is great. That rebellious nature of the game is fun. Spray painting is so much fun. Um, We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the graphics in this game. Chris, I I don't give a shit that this game is 20 plus years old. This game looks phenomenal. Even today, this game looks great. I still
1: say, if if you want a game to look good 20 years later, either do pixels or cell shade because cell shading is probably the 3D timeless graphic, almost.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is coming from the Dreamcast era, which is the same as, like, the PS2, and, like, there's a lot of games from that era that have aged, like, shit, graphically. And I'm playing this, and I'm like, dude, th- you're right, that cell-shading art style, I was, I-, I-, I mean, I remember seeing ads for this game when it came out back, like, in high school and thinking it looked cool, but playing it today, I'm like, they could literally release this game today. And even if you wanted to come down on the controls and all that kind of stuff, that's all fine. You'd... You 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 cannot argue that the game doesn't look good. It's gorgeous. No. It looks like Borderlands, like pre Borderlands. Like that kind of art. It's gorgeous. I loved it. Loved it. It's so colorful. Yeah.
1: Like I mean this lends itself to a Switch too. Like you could put this on Switch as a new game and I don't even think you take too much of a graphical hit just with the art style of it.
0: Yeah. You're right. That's like that's the thing about it, is like I don't I, I like, how how have they not done anything with this franchise? It looks so good. Like you said, anything could run it. Anything could run right. a game in this art style. And it Sega's
1: like, Earthbound.
0: It is Sega's Earthbound. It totally is Sega's Earthbound. I Like, the only reason I could see not releasing it is because you're worried about the, the quote-unquote blowback of people being like, this is just encouraging kids to go out and spray paint stuff like that um like i would I, love
1: for them to turn cnn on though and just show like a city just covered in spray paint after this game comes out yeah
0: <laughs> we told you <laughs> it's just like the whole city's just <laughs> ruined um no it looks like the the actual environments themselves are really good looking i found that by and large i didn't have too much trouble telling what i could and couldn't skate and land on like it was never despite that like you know how in some games even today Some games like you can see a notable difference between the stuff you can interact with and the stuff you can't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like like they maybe add an outline to stuff you can interact with, or certain stuff glows if you can interact with it, and that kind of stuff. Like, this is a game that's over 20 years old, and I was like, to their credit, everything looks exactly the same. Like, whether you can interact with it or you can't interact with it, it all just looks like silky, oh with one exception other like it all looks silky smooth the one exception dude do you remember the city level where you can go into three different areas of the city level and when you go to like the hub part you literally it looks like you skate into like a green screen do you remember what i'm talking about yes I do <laughs> <laughs> like i get that they had like video game, like con like like system limitations but if you've not played it like it doesn't just like to load up to a new area you don't just skate into like an area and then the camera cuts and goes to this other area it's like literally like you like everything is 3d and and perfectly fully functional and then it literally is like they just painted another area on a green screen and you skate into the <laughs> wall and then it loads up the next area i thought that was funny actually
1: that was a pet peeve, though, is when like because it never really marked when you were going out of bounds or out of territory, and there were so many oh. times where it's just like you're back to the pretty much warehouse because you left the game.
0: It would, yeah, you like it would all of a sudden start screaming exit, like with an arrow yeah. pointing. But you're skating like, so fast and all that you're just out. Like, yeah, if you were grinding on something and headed toward an exit, you had no time to to turn around. Um, and I agree with you. Like, why not just like worst case just put a on a screen that like make the game pause and be like are you sure you want to exit like that's all you would have had to do because you're right i did i found that irritating as well another thing that i thought this game could have used is just an on-screen map because yeah i I was constantly pausing to try to there's my one voice crack i was constantly pausing i was constantly (laughs) pausing the game to look at the map to be like where are these last two arrows that i have to find like where are like I, and I I wish you could have just put it in the corner of your screen or something. Especially when they're so
1: vague too. Like you're down to that one last mini tag of the game or the level, I should say. And mm. yeah, like you're just wandering aimlessly. You already have enough on the screen to deal with, with the cops showing up and everything. It's so oh, just dude. bam done, Let's go.
0: <laughs> There's one level where you're like I, I don't I don't want to say downtown Tokyo, but I get it's like a night it's nighttime. And you're it's almost like um I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's almost like an oval with a line or two through the middle, like two roads through the middle. And basically every tag you have to paint is up on the rooftops. But in the in the down in the streets below, it's just full of these fucking cops. And you're constantly falling. And then you've got to skate around to one of the two edges of the level where you can climb back up. And every time you fall, all these cops are all over you, that stupid idiot with his pistol are running behind you. And then you get up there and then I'm looking at the arrow and I'm like, dude, it says it is right here. And then the final tag that I had to paint, the only way to get to it was to go down to the street, go into this door of a building, climb up all these stairs, and then the tag was there. And I never would have found that without looking it up. And I agree with you that the odd time where the red arrow is flashing and you're constantly pausing and going to the map and be like, it says I'm right on top of this fucking red arrow. There's just no depth to the map or anything. And there was, uh, there was a few instances where like, if they were to make another game like this, or maybe future, uh, um, addresses this, like I did find there was a, a few too many levels where you had to spend too much time on like rooftops. And if you fell, there was no penalty other than like the 45 seconds of skating around to get back up there and try again. And the
1: Future had a little bit of that too with their level design. Like, it's it's definitely not as bad, it's, but it is there on a few of the levels. Like, like, I just, I think with the Dreamcast, this was just par for the course. Like, Sonic Adventure was the same way with Direction, trying to find anything. Yeah, it was. I, um, maybe they're still working out the kinks of it. I don't know, but...
0: Yeah, dude, the Dreamcast is in such a tricky spot because, like, at this point, you had the 64 and the PS1 and and the Saturn, and you had those, like, trailblazers for, like, 3D games. The so Saturn had, was a trailblazer, yes. Right. Well, it, you know, it plays the trail to the <laughs> discount bin, but regardless, um, I, I know people are going to be like, oh, fuck you, do no shit on Saturn. But the point I'm making is that, like, we'd already had a generation of 3D with, you know, your with your mario 64s and etc right so we all knew kind of what they were supposed to be like the dreamcast was the first of that next generation of these and unfortunately for it xbox ps2 and the gamecube kinda had two analogs i mean the gamecube had that nub but they they all had that and and the dreamcast didn't and so i think that there was a lot of instances where it's games like this game might have seemed like oh this is great when it came out and i it's still a great game but i mean from the controls and like mechanics wise but then once the ps2 and the xbox came out and we started playing games with the dual analog built in that are designed for it then you started to be like well what the fuck was this game doing and i and one game like one system had to be the first one and and so i'm not shitting on it for it but there are just a lot of instances like this game was at its best when you couldn't like when you were on the street levels where you couldn't fall and then had to fucking go for a 45 second lap to get back up to where you were to try again. That's when this, that's when, like when you're in the sewer levels and stuff, this game was fucking awesome. Or like a couple of the night levels near the end where they're wide open and there's tons of streets to skate on and like various areas of train tracks. So much fun when it put you in a little enclosed space where you're up on a roof and you couldn't even go fast or anything. That was where I, that was where I found the game frustrating and, and, Like that was where I was losing my interest in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: like it's a 3D game on a 2D controller. I think, and it just it worked as well as it could. But yeah,
0: like even even then though, like the
1: PS1 had it's it had the dual analog out by then, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it it did. Yeah, you're right.
0: I think like
1: so. I mean, the 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 design existed. So I don't know why Sega didn't just. I mean, they had problems of their own, but...
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's... I mean, I don't want, Like, this certainly is not an episode to bash the Dreamcast. I love the Dreamcast. It just... This game desperately could have... Yeah, it... Like, I would love to... I gotta play this future. Because I want to know, like, what this game could have been. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a great first yeah. step, but I want to know what it could have been. Cuz like I say, I I have to go back to it, man. From the art style to the mechanic of controlling your controlling your 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 spray paint can to the phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, although I will say the soundtrack at times gets a little bit repetitive. Uh, yeah. a little bit. Like, I
1: love the soundtrack. I'd probably put this franchise in my top three soundtracks of it, all time. Like, it,
0: it was really... No, it's rock solid. It's just there was a couple instances where I was getting pissed off because I kept falling off roofs and having to skate around and then hearing this fucking song again and again and I just was like... I, there was a couple instances where I just turned it down because I was like, all right. Like, great music, but it's like a two-minute song on loop. And when you're getting yeah. irritated, you're like, all right, that's enough. You that's know what rare. I mean? Um, but I I just... I. I really like this game, and it just fits what Sega was so well. And I, I'm really, really devastated that they haven't done more with this franchise. Like all the times you said that to me, why haven't they brought back Jet Set? Why haven't they? Now I get it, and I'm like, dude, you're right. Why the fuck haven't they brought back Jet Set? This is such a cool idea for a series. It's so much fun. It really well, it's
1: gotta be one of the ones that Sega could bring back, like, I mean, I can see them not bringing back a Shining Force nowadays, like, strategy RPGs are a dime a dozen, um, yeah. like, I some of their games, like Shenmue, like, Yakuza does that already, I mean, that can stay dormant for all I care, but th- this one's just, you think it's untapped almost with how little they've done with it.
0: Yeah, like, to the dude, like, a couple of games that popped in my mind while I was playing this was Splatoon. And uh, Knockout City, the new online dodgeball game, the three on three dodgeball yeah. game. And I was like, dude, you could totally do a jet set game where it's three on three and the object is to be the first team to tag all of the locations.
1: Yeah, no and, kidding. Hey? And you can
0: spray paint over each other. And you have to, because if you've never played this before, you have to go around and pick up spray cans. Like, you, um, oh, dude, maybe that's what the graffiti uh, rating was, was, it was how much spray paint you could carry. Because different characters could only, like, some could have like 15, some could have like 25 spray paints, whatever. Yeah. But, like, imagine an online Jet Set radio game where it's all about being the first team to spray paint all the same beautiful art style at a kick ass soundtrack, and it's three on three or whatever, and the, you have to be the first team to tag everything. And you have to go around and find spray paint and then go around and tag it. That'd be, and you could design your own tags. And all that kind of stuff. I think that sounds awesome. Like, there's so much untapped potential in this franchise. I don't get it. Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Patent pending. Can we patent something <laughs> that we don't own? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Well, if we went to the patent office and like, I'd like to patent this, please. And they're like, Sega owns that. I was like, yeah, but this is a new one. I'm like, no, that you doesn't. You know, someone at Sega being like, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call Sega. Sega's like, oh no, I think you have the wrong number. We don't own that. What are you talking <laughs> about? Sonic? No, that's not Sonic. We don't know. We that. don't make
1: consoles, you
0: crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, pops. <laughs> like hangs up the phone. <laughs> anyway. Um ah. so much potential here. I I just my only major criticism of it was at times I found the control in the can dude, the final boss, you're you have to go you're on like a rooftop and you have to go to four smaller rooftops surrounding the big rooftop to like tag four places and then you fight the boss and two of them are very easy to get to and two of them are almost like platforming on skates with these bad controls and i found uh i beat it first try but i was getting so irritated and it was just like every i was loving this game and then every once in a while i would get pulled into a segment where i would just be like mother fuck these controls but then i get past it and then it'd be so much fun again it's a really cool idea for a video game what an original Did you like the idea. ending um no it's just so stupid it is stupid so like stupid fun but stupid so like the game starts out that like there's basically like these rival groups of like street thugs or whatever you want to call them and we're going around tagging stuff and that's it and then the cops are trying to catch us then the cops are bringing in like cyborgs and helicopters with missile launchers and shit to try to stop us then this like weird futuristic mafia fucking shows up then there's like a broken record like a vinyl record that it can apparently summon the devil and they're trying to get a hold of all the pieces so that they can summon satan and then at the end of the game they find out that like oh no it was just a record <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i mean i don't care like like let's be honest like there's the plot to this game is only there to give you a reason to go around spray painting stuff that it just said
1: reminds it reminds me of the ending of the fractured butthole kind of it's like oh it wasn't even anything anyway and then cue the south park music almost mm-hmm. like
0: yeah i yeah you're right i never even thought of that but you're right when i was done i wasn't mad because i had fun playing the game i didn't really i wasn't that the game like frankly i don't i mean if, i don't know if you felt this way like this, i never got that invested in the story the whole time i was playing the story was just a, a a means to an end yeah to go and spray paint stuff but i agree i was like what the fuck though <laughs> so the very end the record was just a record that's the that's the big finish <laughs> It was just a potato. Like I was just like, I I (laughs) thought it would have made more, frankly, it doesn't matter, but I I thought the the plot would have been better if it had just been rival street gangs and that had been it. And at the end you become the, like the lead street gang. Uh, I thought personally, I I thought it was kind of dumb, but whatever. Oh shit. Before we go one other thing. And actually I do, this is actually my biggest gripe. This is a bigger gripe than the controls or anything. The, the quote unquote boss fight levels are awful. I don't I can't be convinced you basically there's like three members of a rival team skating around and all you have to do is get near them and spray paint them 10 times and then they beat them but every time you get near them they unless like the only I don't know if I'm unless you have a different strategy to me the only way I could beat them was to just find a time where I could get them on a straight stretch get up right behind them and then just mash spray paint and beat them because if you get too close they touch you and hurt you and then skate away and then you have to do it all over again. And I, well, the just, main, oh, fuck.
1: The I main problem is is that they skate how you'd want to move around the whole level, and you handle like a shopping cart trying to catch these guys. Yeah.
0: Like, they, they like, they work like the controls work, and you don't. So you're at like, yeah, you're like they turn the eight on ball. a dime, they
1: speed up, they slow down proper And you're just like, like you say, it's either you make a straight line and you hit them, or else you're bending wide to go back and you're out of the boss level. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> what I did eventually kind of start to learn is that, like, they always follow the same couple of patterns. And so you can start to kind of figure out like, okay, well, if I take a quick shortcut across here, he's going to go straight and then grind on these three rails. I can be right behind him and finish him off. But I like, they just felt unnecessary to me. Like I, I just hated them. They, it felt like, you know what they are? I found them to be the jet set radio equivalent of swimming levels in most games. (laughs) Yeah. it was this where i just was like these don't need to be here so i did find the i that was my that's my biggest problem with this entire game i hate i remember texting you while i was playing it and i was like mother fuck i hate these boss levels but yeah other than that dude it's um like i'm glad this game won the poll i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was such a cool idea i'm desperate to see them bring it back and uh So, like, I think we've only reviewed, if I'm not mistaken, the only Dreamcast games we've reviewed on the show now are Sonic Adventure and Jet Set Radio, and uh, both of them had kind of wonky controls, but other than that, I thought they were both really cool games. Like, it just adds to my narrative that, like, God, I feel bad for the Sega Dreamcast. God, that that system got just fucked, man.
1: I'll say it before, and I'll say it again. If the Dreamcast would have been released when the Saturn did, like, Sega would run the world, I think.
0: Ugh. Or, and we talked about, I can't remember if we did an episode of the show about the Dreamcast. I think we did an episode of Expansion Pass. But if they had just put a DVD player in it. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's what, like, I know people are going to say, like, well, and there was the being able to pirate games and you're right. And all, and and Sega had burned a lot of goodwill with gamers in the past. And you're right. I, I cannot be convinced that the single biggest downfall of the Dreamcast was the fact that the PlayStation Two dropped a year later and had a DVD player in it? Like that's why yeah. I bought one. I wanted the DVD player. It was just, what a shame, man. I hope we get a Dream. I want a Dreamcast Mini more than I want like a Nintendo sixty four Mini. I want a Dreamcast Classic so bad. But the, oh, yeah. the controller brought and supported the main Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. The controller would be bigger than the mini consoles. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> um, well, the cord
1: would still be on the bottom of it. So oh
0: fuck. God, that fucking drives me nuts. Why <laughs> put that cord at the bottom of the controller? Fuck, that makes me crazy. Anyway, it's a really cool game, man. I'm glad it won. I understand. You messaged me the day it got on the poll, I think. And we're like, yo, if that game wins, I would love to be the guest. And I said, yeah, of course. Uh, I thoroughly, I, I'm a, i'm a fan, which I think is about the nicest thing you can say about a game that you've never played before is that when it's done, you're like, I'm a fan of this franchise now. Like it was really, oh, what a cool fucking video game. Well just
1: wait till you play the Saturn someday, man. You're gonna get this times like a million.
0: Oh Christ. I'm never I'm never playing it. Don't <laughs> fucking don't put that in people's heads. I'm never play if the Montreal Canadians had pulled off the comeback, I would have played it. Otherwise, no. Never happening. <laughs> I'll review goddamn Panasonic 3DO games before I fuck. Oh, actually Road Rash on the 3DO was awesome. But anyway, there you go. I digress. Okay. Um we gotta score this fucking thing. How the fuck are we gonna score this thing? Um you know what? Jet the, the Dreamcast famously launched in North America on 9999. So let's just I to this dude, what a great marketing plan that was. It's been twenty-two years. And most gamers still remember nine nine ninety-nine. Like oh, absolutely. What, what a great fucking rollout that was. So we'll score it out of ninety-nine out a tribute to the Dreamcast. So on a scale of one to ninety-nine. What would you score Jet Set Radio with everything in everything in mind that we've talked about? It's a hard game to score. Give it, let's give it a seventy-seven. So yeah, all right. So like, it's almost an eight out of ten type thing.
1: Yeah, sevens are good luck. It's it's one of a kind, man. You gotta. I tell anyone, just play it. Play it to the system that they made, not how you think it should go, and and I think you'll get something out of it. I think you'll like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I. Like, if I had played this in high school when it came out, I would have been like a little like a 90, 93 out of 99. Like, I would have adored... I know I would have adored this game. Playing it now, it really is difficult to look past the controls and the camera. I don't want to penalize it for it, but the simple fact of the matter is it's going to take away from the experience for you. It just comes down to how much you let it take away from the experience. And as someone that famously gets irritated at bad controls, I never... I kept wanting to come back and play it more. I thought it was so much fun. So yeah, I'd probably get in around that like 80 out of 99. I, this is a good video game and it's ab, It's, it's borderline criminal that this fucking series has been dormant for so long. It's really, it's I'm, I'm on like, I feel like I'm crossing the picket line and joining you now where I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck is jet set? I want another game in this series so bad. Well, it's so, the worst thing of all is that the better game is it's it's
1: disappeared like it's so hard to find it and play it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's but, fun. Uh, yeah. but yeah, like the spiritual successor they're making it's called Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. It's got the composer, he's making the music for it and apparently <laughs> it's the same kind of game,
0: so What's it called? Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Cyberfunk what a fucking day that name fits it so perfectly oh yeah Yeah. bomb rush cyberpunk look at that oh it does look just like it oh wow that's so cool oh man look at
1: padeki Naganuma on on twitter you'll be he's entertainments for days
0: all right i'm in like i'm in. Oh, (laughs) platforms windows i don't know i don't know if i i will see it looks pretty dope pc games i fucking pc Man, the fact that uh, I—I'm not even gonna—I've ranted about this already. I am not gonna rant again about how hard it was to get this fucking game to work. All I'll say (laughs) is, I bought the Dreamcast collection off Steam for like seven bucks, and it has Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, this Fishing Crazy Taxi, and a couple other games in it. Well, this game alone, I would like—I would have easily paid ten dollars to play this game. Like I was—I liked it. I, I easily. The fact that I got seven games for like seven bucks is great. Do your homework, though, because you're going to have to do a little bit of tweaking to make it work, and it's fucking bullshit. But it is it is what it is. <laughs> Fuck, I hate PC. <laughs> anyway, Chris, thank you very much for not only for coming on the show. Uh, I'll let you go back to fighting with vegetarians now. But uh, thank you for defending this series. It's like I'm in the trenches with you, man. We're going to defend this series together now. We'll we'll go pick that right out of Sega. You betcha. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Chris, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Jet Set Radio. And to every single one of you listening to this episode right now, thank you so much for giving us a chance. Whether this was your first episode or your 157th episode, we're growing like a weed, and I'm very proud of the community we've built, and I'm happy that you are part of it. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, God, I hope they fucking... I mean, maybe this cyberpunk game will will be the the beacon of light that we need. Cause I fucking floored they haven't done anything else with jet set radio. It drives me crazy. Uh, that, that'll do it. We'll be back next week with episode 158, which mm, assuming that the schedule, the recording schedule doesn't fall apart is going to be about a certain fighting game. I know it's been a while. Uh, featuring crazy-looking characters like a skeleton with a sword and a shield and a boxer and an alligator, I think there was in there. We're going to talk Killer Instinct. That's the plan for next week's episode, assuming that it hits. Otherwise, it might be something different. You never know around here. Uh, If you like this, if you like the show, if you like me, if you like one of us, either me or the show, you don't have to like both. We're not a package. Um, Consider supporting us on Patreon, would you? Two bucks. Patreon.com slash RememberTheGame. Two bucks for eight additional podcasts a month two a week for at least for whatever i don't know how many it's eight to ten to eleven i don't know you get know the calendar gets fucking weird but you're gonna get an extra podcast every friday an extra podcast every sunday instant access to over a hundred bonus podcasts you can dm with me you can write into the show you can join our discord probably the greatest value in the history of humanity patreon.com slash remember the game and our new merch check it out even if you don't want to buy it just go look at the art because it is some of the coolest looking retro gaming art you've ever seen go to remember the and then you'll see the link right there you can go check out our video game mashup stuff shout out to joe uh, my from 4545 creative for drawing it because he's a talented motherfucker that'll do it for this week's episode we'll talk to you again in seven days or maybe less thanks for listening and uh take it easy cheers Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. We could not have grown the podcast like we have without all of your support. So I would like to take a moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash Game. So a huge thank you to Dave Makeshift Money, Joe Buck, Ben Drinkin, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Freezer Burnt, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Fake McHugh, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Shaylee... Keeves and his stupid arrow handle, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzica, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bouillou, Slick Rick, Evan Refuse, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Josh Morgan, Scott V, Rex Sheldon, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Divalk, Luca, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan, Dylan, Do Howe, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Sane, Nick Sills, Vladstein, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Matt Brown, Ben Boucher, Adam Anderson, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Adam Osharello, Dario Oman, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, The T, word, Michael Hag, Mr. Nick, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, White Burrow, Knife 7 Nathan Tremblay, Mark Jones, A-Town, Andre SJ Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, Jay Bear, Arpad Bodos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Ryan Bayshore, Retro Ghosty Ghost, X Water, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, Jay Clutch, Robin Tim Riel, The Giraffe, Jared, P.B. Mc- fadden g9 psx tim l dominic s thompson martin greenwood david schnatter mulverine films peebs silver grunion mr satan raging demon poops loomis 8-bit buvy pat duddy mpg and buffalo james anderson amy gillen dana Wucherall, that one kid nick potato bob guy mad shibs mercury 869 Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tomazi Kelly, Jesse Clark, Pie Messiah, Sean Clifford, The Honest Pokemon Trader, Bracken Newcomb, zootroy Troy, M Felf, A Novel Console, Fabe 5150 Example Text, AJ Jones, AJ Freeman, JB Retromania, Freddy Martinez, Ferdy Martinez, Nah, fuck, I made it that far without screwing one up. Ferdy Martinez, Brian Robbins, Troy zuniak Brendan Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Lunch, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Derpamiss Prime, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Joshua Davis, Stefan, Stefan Fukasawa, Thor the Hammered, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar, McJr, Jr., Mega Man 2 OG, Good A, Goth C, Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, K-Jam, Electronic Emotions Program, Chris Copland, Spencer C, Weiss, Murat Pepper, Cody Poland, JMC, Logan Hale, Doogie, Matt McClain, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Nathan Freak, Mike Burks, Trevin Sevenoaks, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCowan, Kerry Wakawawa, Fob, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 2K, Wolf Magic K21, Johnny CCDC, Joel Leblanc, Raul Aguilar. I worked at Subway, David Phillips, Corey Street, Gary Heather, Squints, John DeShazo Tent Sparkster Omega 88 Swedish Fifth Swedish Fish Nathaniel Shelley Explode Processing Captain Cool Tim Shambo Joseph Gonzalez Lee Spilling Dan Wagner Daniel McKee Candido K Cuz Guest House Productions Bones 02, S2 Von 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Kyle Bolton, Scarlett, Zonko 504, Lee Sparks, A Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Ferrer, L. Sock, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from Kotor, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Hammond Egger Ronnie Sachs, Paul, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain Ends, Mega Man, Owen, The Game, Fur Chuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Matthew Day, Harmonies, David, Game Nomad, Messi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Lay Evans, Daniel Stidham, Nerdy Retro Gamer eighty six, Paul Holder, Darth Obvious, Master Boy, Leon Knapscog Trapper Keeper one thousand. Daniel, Astro Alpica, Rob Strothman, Ryan Groynes, Kaiser Dragon, Pp pee poo cuckoo pants Kyle Dodd, Jared Bouchelin, Benjamin Johnson, Stu berg Fuck, I suck at this. Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Borrow The Gray-Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanny, Swanny, Hayes87, Lukey Mull, Danny Proudfoot, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barrage, Neo Nevis, Andy Spilling, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupacabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatch- Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, Mikey NL83, I Am The Mutt, Juga, Sony Kid Magazine, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champetti, Adam Fisher. Oh my God, that's a lot of names. And I probably fucked up half of them. But thank you very much for the, the support, everybody. I really appreciate it. I'll record another week, one of these at the beginning of August. And uh, I'm sure I'll screw up a bunch of your names again. But thank you, guys. You're the best. Love you. Cheers.